Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. We're back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, live from Sunny Slope, where we have two lines available. That's more than the three that are already on. <laughs> yeah, 602-277-5827 is the number to call. And in, uh, well, first we have Alan, then Ann. Ann in North Phoenix, good morning, Alan. Alan? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, Alan. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, two questions, Ryan. So I have CISOs, and he told me last fall... If I wanted them to grow tall, to skin off the side branches, cut them off. So I did that in February. And so now I have tall tree trunks exposed to the sun. Do those have to be wrapped? No, not by, if they, as long as they're large enough to have bark on them. You know, when they're smooth and young, uh, they might burn a little bit. But it's one, once they are barked over, then they're pretty hardy. Um, and you did it if you prune them now is a good time of year. They will acclimate and that bark will harden up. You wouldn't want to prune them that way in the middle of summertime. But if you did in the winter, you're, you're right on. Okay, second question. I had a shallow ash. It never did well. Three years old. I'm going to rip it out in the next week or two. And uh, never grew leaves or anything. But on the very base of it now, I have about a foot tall. It looks like a tree coming out of it. Will that grow into a real tree? Well, that will grow into some kind of a tree. Uh, it's going to be the rootstock if it was a grafted shamel ash, so it's going to have you know a good chance to have seeds, 50-50 chance. Um, but if it's growing up, you know it should grow vigorously from that root and come up this time of year. And you know there might have been some kind of a damage that happened to the other tree. In fact, it might have been sunburnt, like you were describing with the sisu early on. And uh, this you know rootstock sucker coming up will grow fast. As to what kind of a tree it'll make, I can't tell you, but you know it'll make a tree. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Alan. Bye-bye. Uh, Ann and Glendale. Good morning, Ann. Uh, yes, I have two questions, Brian. Uh, the first one is about my dwarf lemon tree. It's been in the ground about five years, and last year I had one lemon on it. This year I have a lot more buds, so I'm hoping I'll have more lemons. Uh, my question is I have about half of the leaves have turned yellow and our gardener had it on a drip system that was every day i think that was part of the problem and i turned that off Mm -hmm. so i'd like to know how to water it now well you don't need a drip system daily for anything so your whole timing you know on your on your timer needs to be changed Okay. okay. And most of your plants are three years old. Um, where are you located in Glendale? On what cross streets? Um, Bell and uh, 67th. Okay. So you've got pretty good soil in there. Yeah. So you'd want to be watering, you know, probably at the most often on three-year-old plants about weekly. And then you want to run your okay. drip irrigation long enough to go down deep. Now, to help this tree in particular, you've done the right thing, just triggering the water off of it and drying it out. And uh, if, you, if you do that, it should start to respond to put out more growth this time of year. Have you fertilized it? Yes, I started in the fall, and it's due next month for more fertilizer. Okay, and you can fertilize a young tree like monthly instead of, you know, doing it the three times a year kind of deal. 
and that'll keep okay. it actively growing better. But yeah, you really need to uh, address your irrigation system. And do you have trees and shrubs and things all on the same line, or do you have different valves for different things? Uh, different valves for different things. So your trees are separated from your shrubs? Yes. Okay. So, you know, ideally you'd be running the the trees, if they're older trees, um, once every two weeks. The shrubs probably once a week right now. Okay. 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 Um, The other question quick is, um, I've been trying to grow blueberries for years. And every time I've tried in the ground, it's been unsuccessful. Would a pot be easier to do it with? If you're going to grow blueberries here, you're going to have to maintain a lot lower pH than our soil has. Are you a coffee okay. drinker? Um, I'm not, but I can get grounds from Starbucks if yeah, that would well, help. You, you could almost be constant. Well, really, it would help probably be easier just to buy the blueberries at the store. Um, <laughs> you know, this isn't okay. you can grow blackberries here, but blueberries mm-hmm. are going to be a challenge. You know, it's just not the right pH soil for them. And uh, you have to keep the pH more acidic. But if you want to do that, you can add vinegar, you can add sulfur, you could add coffee grounds and, and you could grow it in a container. You could probably handle that. This year is going to be easier than other years because we're getting so much river water right now. The pH of our water coming into our homes is far you know, lower than normal. So we're not getting 8.7 water. We're getting water around 7, which is fantastic. That will change when the river you know, gets shit off this summer and, and we have to use well water again. So right, you know, blueberries right. really don't like our pH. And uh, so the only way to grow them is by moderating the pH. And it's a lot easier in a container. Okay. Thank you for your help. Thanks, Ann. Bye-bye. Uh, Sharon in Queen Creek. Good morning, Sharon. Hey, good morning, Brian. Um, I was wondering, we are wanting to plant a vine between our swimming pool and our brick wall. And I was looking for some good options that are um, low, lit, low litter and can take reflective heat. What side of the wall would it be planted on? Um, the wall is facing the west. So it's going to be planted on the west side of the wall? Yes. That's going to be kind of challenging. I mean, that, that's like the hottest uh-huh. place with the cool, de- you know, with the pool there. How much room do you have between the cool deck and the wall? About five feet. Okay, so you've got a little space in there. What you might want to do um, instead of doing a vine or do some more, you know, desert heat-loving shrubs might be easier. Or you might even trellis, like take an Arizona yellow bells and trellis it and uh, and, oh. and do something like that. But those are going to take the heat better. Um, the only vine I can think of that just would love it right there would be a bougainvillea, but you might not love the, the work you have with the flowers. Yeah. The it will be beautiful right. and it'll be easy, but it will also shed a lot. Um, you know, hibiscus or the hardy varieties like brilliant red and lipstick, you know, those could grow very well there. Um, so there are so there's a pretty good group of shrubs that can grow there. But uh, as far as a true vine that would grow in there, um, you you might have some success with some of the hardier vines, but it, it's going to be tough. So like a tangerine cross vine, you know, may make it there. Um, there are some other deciduous vines and things that would that would make it there, but they're not going to probably be as dense and as full as you, you'd like. Okay. You know, it's going so, like, to be went- hot. You I mean, you're talking 150 degree spot. Yeah. If we went with like the hibiscus, we could do that on a trellis too. Is that something? Absolutely. Uh huh. You can okay. even, you can even trellis okay. citrus there. I mean, if you wanted to put in like a, a Meyer lemon tree and trellis it there, you, you could do that as oh, well. Wow. Or if you wanted to plant, okay. you know, it's Palm Sunday. If you wanted to put some uh, smaller palms like pygmy dates in there, uh, they'll be very clean. We- 
We do actually have a couple of pygmy dates along that side, so okay. we're looking to add something to that. So, okay. Well, Great. if you want to go taller, you, you so can much. pop in a mule palm and have a you know a coconut come over the top of the pygmy date and be pretty tropical and throw a few hibiscus in there. A mule palm. That's a good idea, too. It's, it's a pretty one. Awesome. All right. Okay. Thank Thanks, you Sharon. so much. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Chad and Tempe. But after Chad, it's uh, wide open. We've got four open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. It's 2023. Don't drink and drive. Call a rideshare company. And you know what? If you see someone driving drunk, call 911. Never drink and drive if you're hosting a gathering make sure everybody has a sober ride home i've been awake for a while now you got me feeling like a child now because every time i see your bubbly face i get the tingles in a silly place it starts in my toes and i crinkle my nose wherever it goes i always know Sunny Slope, and I hope you're enjoying the program. We do have four lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We could talk about your, well, your happiness in the garden or your problems, or if you're growing something different, different style, you know, maybe something kind of unique or different way to care for things. We'd love to hear from you. The number once more, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Shad and Tempe, good morning. Hey, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Excellent, sir. Thank you for asking. So I got a question. I have I've noticed a white powdery substance that I think it's been killing my binka. And then I was doing some trimming in my backyard and my um, lantana was dying in a certain area and I started trimming it back. And would that be some kind of a mildew, a white powdery type substance in the Well, yeah, definitely oil. definitely this time of year. You see it more on roses and things, but powdery mildew is real common because of the temperature that we're having. It's something we don't normally experience here in the valley very often, but uh, because of the weather we're having now, it's pretty, you know, pretty common around. The good part is, as I was just looking at the forecast, so right after Easter, you know, Easter's supposed to be the new change of life and things. Well, it's supposed to get up in the 90s and maybe mid-90s, you know, so Mid-90s will actually kill the aphids, and it will also get rid of most of the building problems. So just water normally, and it'll just take care of itself. I don't need The Monterey disease control actually is, is pretty functional, you know, on that. So you could, you could actually spray it. If you had some Monterey disease control, you could probably go ahead and spray it. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Now, the Vinca, is the whole plant dying? 
No, some of the areas died and the others are still there. So I cut it back. Okay. And the areas where it hasn't been affected, they're they're starting to grow and I'm even getting a few blossoms. They're sitting underneath like a 45-year-old Arizona ash okay. with a pretty high canopy. But they seem to be coming back. But I, I've got some bulb patches. And I guess what I'm trying to just treat the soil well, so you, it becomes hospitable for the vinca to spread into it again. You can, Yeah, you can very much do that. And that's that's where the Monterey disease control would work well. So might as well give it a shot. It's not going to hurt anything. And, uh, and I think the, the weather is going to apply. Well, it, How you know, it, it's kind of different because basically what that is, that's a bacteria that's going to eat fungus that we're, we're applying. So uh-huh. the way it works is that it's going to colonize and multiply after you put it down. You know, I just, I just follow the instructions on the bottle because that's all I could ever tell you to, you know, officially use on the label. But, okay. um, you know, I, it's not going to be one you can really put too much on and hurt or too little would probably still work to a certain degree. All right. Well, okay. I'll give it a shot. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Oh, uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Harry in Avondale. Good morning, Harry. Hi. Uh, <laughs> good morning, Brian. Um, I have a question about uh, pH. Okay. Uh, can you can you tell me what those letters mean? P and H. Like, you know, uh, I'm a, a layman, and a, 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 those letters, just, you know, they only mean letters. What exactly is pH? Well, pH is the measurement of acidity in the soils, what it actually is, or water or any other, in any other thing. And, uh, you know, what they actually stand for, you got me. You know, I've, I haven't thought about it for a long time, Harry. And I'm sure somebody can call us and tell us really quick. But, um, okay, but it's just a, oh, yeah. it's a measurement of the amount of salts or, you know, or, or acid in the soil. And, uh, so it, it's, you know, it's pretty critical for plants to grow in. I mean, a lot of plants will grow in a fairly wide range, but, uh, you know, here in our deserts with the pH, we commonly have pHs above eight, you know, and it's, as it goes down the scale, you know, it's 10 times each, each number as you go down. So the difference in pH between seven, eight, and six is dramatic. You know, it's 10 times per, per point. So almost, of, almost like the, uh, Richter scale. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's going down at a huge, you know, rate. So that's a big difference. And, you know, most plants will, almost anything will grow at a pH of seven, which is neutral. And a lot of plants will grow, you know, six and a half to seven and a half. Quite a few plants. Most of the things we grow here in the desert, you know, we expect to do well at eight, eight point two. And it's not uncommon here in the desert to see eight point six, eight point nine. You know, that can happen in the desert. Um, and especially if we're using well water and we're not tied into a water system. But even the water we get delivered from the cities, you know, can be well over eight, you know, in the summertime when we're running wells. Now, we're getting spoiled right now because we have all this nice water coming from the Verde River and the pH is coming in. And it's just fantastic. We get Verde River water is the best water in the state as far as the delivery okay. of SRP. Uh, 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 <laughs> all right. So what you're hoping for, whether whether you're uh, working your garden or your lawn or whatever is is the lower the number the better well for here in Arizona 
Okay. Now that would be very different if you were like the East Coast and we used to talk about the acid rain, you know, and even some places, you know, all over the country, there's different pHs and different water and different things. So there, there are problems with, with pH where they have to add lime, you know, where they're going to have soil that's going to be a lot more acidic. So there are places with pHs in the soil of five and a half and lower. So those become a problem for plants being too acidic. Here, our problem is not ever acidity. You know, actually, it's pretty hard to keep you know the soil here anything below about a seven and a half or eight. All right, then. Uh, thank you very much. And and uh, we're still looking for what does P and H. Yeah, you know, you know and, I, and I can't tell you right offhand, and, I, and I'm not going to guess. And somebody can tell us. Somebody that's got uh, a little more knowledge on that than I happen to have at this moment. Harry, I have, have a nice day. I'm going to try to get some more calls in. have more knowledge than you. Oh, well, you, yes, you, yes, you do. <laughs> anyway, Harry, have a nice I day. Bye-bye. So. Yeah, well, I don't You're so. really smart. <laughs> well, not really, but take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Tom and Mesa, good morning, Tom. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've got these weird little weeds growing on one side of my house i've been gone for a month they've kind of taken over mm-hmm. um, i'm just curi- i'm curious what they are they they're real low to the ground and the foliage looks very much like the foliage you see on carrot plants but they're, they're, they're probably carrots. they're probably wild carrots tom those are pretty oh, common that, in the valley uh-huh and they really That's spread this time wild carrots? Uh-huh. They, they are wild carrots they're wild carrots Okay, that's what I thought. I, I put some pre-emergent down in January, but it didn't phase the stuff. Well, it's not, you know, it's going to have to die out first, and it's going to run its cycle. And and those will yeah. probably die in the summertime, okay? Uh-huh. And then the pre-emergent will work for next year. But um, okay. So if you're putting pre-emergent down in September, you know, that should take care of them coming back next year. Um, okay. But I'll, once I'll, they're I'll germinated in the fall, they're up, so they're, they're ready to go. I see. Okay. Well, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Catherine in Sun City. Good morning. Or Kathu? Hello. Hi. Good morning. What, what, what is your name? Kathy. Okay, Kathy. Okay. I'll, I'll answer to either one. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Hi, Brian. Uh, God bless you and happy Sunday to you and Palm Sunday and Easter. Um, I have a question about a blue hibiscus. It's, everybody seems to be asking about hibiscus this mm-hmm. morning. Um, that's supposed to be a false hibiscus, right? Well, it's an alleogeny. It's not at all related to a hibiscus. Okay. Will that survive um, along a, a south wall on, on the north side of the south wall? It will. It will only bloom in the summer when the sun moves over. But, um, you know, it'll, it'll, that should be a fine location for it. You know, it shouldn't mind. It'll, it'll grow there in the winter. You just don't want to overwater it in the winter, especially in Sun City with your heavy soil. But uh, right. aside, yes. aside from that, it should thrive there. Okay. And uh, another question. I have a slim bottle brush. Uh-huh. I guess you call it a bush or a tree. And it's blooming beautifully in the backyard. Um I always heard that you were supposed to not trim, trim it um, beyond where the flowers bloom. Is that true? Well, you know, you can prune trees and plants. Any further than that? Well, if you prune it back just into the wood where there's no foliage, it might Mm -hmm. die. That that limb may die out. Might not regenerate. Okay. I see. 
So if you cut okay. it all the way back just to where there was no, and then the other buds on the top and the other branches would probably take over and kick in. But it's not one that really, you know, comes back and rebuds out of the wood very well. But if you'll cut, you can cut it back certainly far enough. Just leave a little bit of foliage at the end of the branch and then it'll rebud and come back out. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kathy. Have a nice weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. You too. Oh, let's see. Next, we've got Scott, then David, then it could be you. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Scott. Good morning. How you doing? Excellent, sir. Thank you for asking. Thanks, Dr. McCall. Hey, I've got, got uh, some yellow bells and some fire bells on the back side of my pool. What's the best way and or prune it or trim it to get the best bloom? Um, you can prune them right now if you want to, but they're probably just getting ready to pop into a bloom cycle. They're going to bloom, you know, it's, if it hits 90 degrees like it's supposed to after right after Easter, they're going to start to really, you know, crank and go fast. They they love that kind of weather. So that would yeah, be... Yeah, my yellow bells, now, I'm sorry, my yellow bells now are just starting to bloom. I thought, ah, did I wait too long or can I go ahead and do now? Well, if you're going to prune them and shape them, you might as well do it now because it's going to be harder when they're okay. in bloom, you know, so, and you can cut right. them back as far as you want and they're going to grow you know, very quickly the rest of the month. Yeah, April. But, you know, <laughs> no it's, doubt about it that. It's 90 degrees. They're going to get happy. All right. That sounds good to me. All right. Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Yeah, have a good day. Oh, let's see. We got Digger and Winslow. Good morning, Digger. Hey, good morning. Loving this weather. It's pretty. It sure is. I got a few points, and since it's Palm Sunday, I'm not going to make any East Sider jokes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, on the water situation, I, I remember the day when it wasn't really newsworthy unless uh, SRP was dropping up in the range of 250,000 cubic feet per second. But, well, that's when it becomes a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember when it was laughing. Hey, Digger, we, 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 and uh, somebody called in a few weeks ago looking for hops. And my buddy's down at Birdie River Growers. Uh, they've got a variety that live, live here. Cool. Okay, so what's the P for? Boy, I, I was resisting Googling. I, I'm going to leave it up to the. I'm going to leave it up to the hive mind. I know somebody out there. Well, somebody, somebody's going to tell us here pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, but the H stand I'm pretty sure it stands for the hydrogen ions because that's how it acts in in uh, you yep. know chemical reaction. Well, thanks for the heads up on the Verde uh, River Growers and the hops. Have a nice weekend. Oh, and you too. Bye, Digger. Enjoy this uh, weather. Yeah. And here we are. We're going to run into Troy Barrett with the news in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. The number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTER. It's Sharon, Brian, and Troy every Sunday morning on 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In every other song that I've heard lately, some fellow gets shot. And his baby and his best friend both die with him, as likely as not. In half of the other songs, some cats cry, are ready to die. 
We've lost most all of our happy people And I'm wondering why Let's think about living Think about living Let's think about loving Think about loving Let's think about the hooping and the hopping And the bopping and the loving, lovey-dovey Let's forget about the whine and the crying The shooting and the dying And the fellow with the switchblade knife Let's think about living Let's think about life Well, welcome back, folks Beautiful morning out there. We do have two lines available. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Uh, Teresa in Fountain Hills, good morning. Good morning. Hey, quick question. Um, so, rose bushes, a um, little late on trimming them, So, and they're starting to bud. Is it too late to, to prune them back? No, it'd be better to prune them now, uh, Teresa, than it would to uh, let them go. If you want to, if you want to prune them and prune them back heavy, do it right now. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, because it's going to warm up next week, but they'll have a chance to rebud, and you know you'll lose a cycle. But after that cycle, they'll be happy again. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Teresa. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, let's see. That leaves us with three open lines. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven. Dennis in Queen Creek. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Brian. How are you this morning? Great. Good deal. Hey, I got a quick question for you. I've got a couple of uh, big queen palms that kind of got wrecked a couple summers ago with all that heat. And now the fronds are coming out all wrinkly and kind of just coming up and falling over before they even open up. Okay. So, so I've been listening to you, and I thought it was maybe mo- uh, the moderate disease control and the copper sulfate. Mm-hmm. But there was another gentleman that called in and said he killed his queen palms with the copper sulfate. You can't kill queen palms with well, you could copper is poison to a certain point, but copper sulfate, you know, made into a uh, liquid and, and poured down the heart of a queen palm. I've never seen it kill them. I've seen it save them, but I've never seen it kill one. Cop, you know, copper is toxic in too much a degree, but I don't know that a plant could very easily take up that much copper, you know, and it's not going to take it up through the bud as much. So I, I don't think that's a, the case, but at any rate, uh, that's the right way to treat it. It's a mixture and you can use the two, the Monterey disease control, which is a bacteria, which he's fungus and copper which is toxic to fungus and so when they're about 15 feet tall what's the best way to get it into the bud because i've been pouring it around the base of them well you had it's hard to get it up in the bud you have to you know have some kind of device now you could take a piece of pvc pipe and if you had enough pressure on it you know you could run it up you know put it like a just you'd have to make your own device basically but take a piece of half inch pvc feed it in with a piece of three quarter inch put a ball valve on it put a hook up on the top of it made out of you know two or three so it could hook right around and you could run it right down in the crown right down in there so yeah, you could the, right the, the ground doesn't do anything well no it does copper can be systemic too so the plant can take up copper from the ground so it's not you should really do both and uh, it's gotcha, okay. and it's even good to do both with the with the Monterey because but the queen palms can take the copper and they can take the other right out of the ground. So the Monterey disease control with the with the bacteria and and also using you know the, the copper through the ground they can work systemically through the tree, um, but it's probably more advantageous, especially for the copper to be put where the fungus is active up in the bud. Okay, perfect. And then how often should I apply that? Once well, once or twice. You know, really, uh, Dennis, what you should do is try to get the trees to come out and grow out of it this time of year. And so a good fertilization right now is probably going to be most critical. And 
Okay. I would get manganese spikes and put some manganese spikes in and then use a good balanced fertilizer and keep them well fed and well watered. You know, queen palms are a tropical tree. They're not really a desert tree as much. And so they're, you know, they're more marginal here. Not that they can't grow well, not that there aren't some old ones around town. And we've sold thousands, but they're not as hardy as some other varieties. So they need a little extra care. So good deep irrigation about once every week or two this time of year and extra fertilizer right now. Now is when it's getting warm enough and especially with the warmer weather coming in a week or so when they're going to wake up and they can grow out of that problem. Okay, perfect. I'll get on it. Well, thank you for the advice, Brian. Thanks, Dennis. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Vala in Tempe. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Brian. Uh, just have a quick question. Uh, I bought guava plant last summer. It survived the summer, but this after the uh, cold season, it's kind of not coming up anymore. Okay. My mulberry and my orange is doing great. I have added 10, 10, 10 fertilizer and compost and added mulch and everything. It's on the west side of the house. Could you help, please? Well, the, the guava is the most tropical of all those plants. Okay, so guava is really, you know, where they're grown commonly are in the tropics. And, and they're waiting for some heat. But as long as the wood's still green, they'll rebud and come back out. And, and I would think if you go scrape the wood with a knife, I think you'll find it's green. And I, I think it'll pop back out and put out new foliage here just in the next couple of weeks. Great, thank you. And just a quick question on the orange caracara. Mm -hmm. The leaves are yellowish. Some say it's because overwatering. Some say it's not enough water. Is there a way for me to find one? Well, it would be pretty impossible to underwater one this this year so far, unless you weren't watering it at all because it's been so wet. How old is your tree? How long has it been planted? Uh, one year, everything I bought. Okay, last year. so it's all pretty young. So yeah, realistically, now it should go on like a weekly watering cycle. Uh, some of the yellowing leaves on the inside are going to fall off, and as long as you see some vibrant new growth coming in the outside, the tree's very happy. Okay, and that is no easy way to say what. Uh, over or underwater just in general? Well, it is. You know, what we do is we have a thing called a tensionometer that goes in the soil out at the farm that can tell us how much water. Or we use a bar that's cut like a T and just two pieces of rebar welded together where we could push into the ground and use a soil probe to see how wet the, wet the ground is. But realistically at home, and especially on a young tree like yours, you want to let the top two or three inches of the ground get pretty dry and have moisture down below. And so that, you know, should happen with weekly watering. It's been kind of unusual this winter, the frequency of rain, the cool temperature, you know, and it's been a little different than normal. But I think normal's on the way. You know, I was looking at a forecast here a minute ago, and, you know, we're going to hit 90 degrees here in about 10 days, and everything will change. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Brian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have, uh, looks like Don and Glendale. Hi, Don. Hey, how you doing? Great, sir. I've got a uh, live oak It's about seven or eight years old now. I planted the first one in the nursery in Scottsdale, and the nursery's all closed down 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's all leafed out from the trunk out, but the last foot looks like dead limbs hmm. covering the whole tree. Hey, Don, have you used any herbicides? No, never done anything to this thing it's at all. Never had any weed killer sprayed around the ground at all? No. Okay. But last week I noticed that on one side of the tree it had all these new growths, the blooms on the uh -huh. on that dead stuff. 
and it's all blossomed out with brand new leaves. Well, here's the thing is, it is, Don, they do drop a lot of leaves this time of year. And so for the oh, exterior limbs to be bare, that wouldn't be unusual at all. So I just got to keep watching it to see if these little nubs that are on the, on each one of these sticks, I call them sticks, mm-hmm. uh, are going to blossom out. Or if they don't blossom out, I just got to cut all this stuff off. Well, you know, I, I'm looking out the window right here at a bunch of live oaks in the parking lot, uh, Don. And I can see yeah. ones here that are fully leafed to the tips. And I can see ones that are much the way you're describing right now. Or the extremities yeah. of the branches haven't, you know, popped buds yet and foliated. And I just think no. it's a matter of a week. I think it'll be happy. Yeah, I've got one side that just just took off and it's all covered with leaves now, all brand new stuff. Yeah, it's, it's I, I, I think I think a week of warm weather will fix it. I just happened to fertilize it just the last week. So I don't know, maybe that might have some good effect. Well, it, it could burn it too, but at any rate, I, I think that Mother Nature is going to help you out. Don, thanks for the call. Yeah. Have a nice weekend. Uh, next up, we got Kathy in Scottsdale. Hi, Kathy. Good morning, Brian. Since we've got our roses going through their first cycle, what is really the proper way to trim once the flower has, you know, done its had its life? Kathy, are, are these hybrid tea roses? Or are these uh, floribundas? What kind yes. of roses? Hybrid. Hybrid tea. So you want to cut them for long stem roses? Yes, please. Okay. So, and how old are the plants? Oh, at least eight or ten years. Oh, okay. So, did you prune them back They're this old. winter? I did way, way back. Those okay. like the smallest I've ever done, and now they're just gorgeous with <laughs> leaves. Right. Well, and you're going to get those longer stems that way, too. So what you'll want to do is when you take those stems off, you want to go back about five to seven sets of leaves and cut that whole stem off. Perfect. That'll be easy to count. Thank you, Brian, All so right. much. You're very helpful every weekend. Thanks, Kathy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Grace and Chandler. Hi, Grace. Hi, Mark. Um, thank you for taking my call. I am getting six new citrus plant trees planted on Monday, and they will be on the same drip line as an existing tree I have. Uh, the trees that I'm getting are in a 24-inch box, and I was told they're four years old. Okay. The tree that is existing is also an orange, and it is, let's see, I planted it. I think this time in 2020 or in late 2019, and it's about four feet tall at its tallest point, but it's it's bushy, so it's about six feet, six and a half feet around. So I'm wondering, with the new plants coming in, am I going to drown, because I think I have to water those frequently in the beginning, Am I going to kill my existing plant or drown it? Well, you know what's happening, Grace, is the weather's going to change, and it's going to be warm. It's going to be, you know, 80s and 90s here pretty soon. And so, no, it's, you're not going to overwater your existing tree by watering the other ones more frequently. Now, the other, the okay. new ones, when they go in, should be watered probably two or three times the first week. And then if you have okay. them on a drip system, you can put them on a, a weekly schedule, and the weekly schedule will okay, be fine be- for your older tree. Okay, so they'll be fine on the weekly, on the second week, or maybe the third week. Well, you, you can just water them with a hose extra for the first week or two, and uh, uh, I'm actually going out of the country. So, well, just make sure that then they'll, they'll be fine if they go right on the cycle, as long as they're planted okay. correctly and they're watered from the bottom up the first time, and you take out any air pockets and they're really saturated, uh, they'll be fine just going right on to the week cycle from when the, from the get go. Okay. 
Okay. Now then, I'm, I have a 24-inch deep drip plastic thingy that you stick in the ground. Mm-hmm. Should I not put those in this year and maybe wait until next year and then just have the drip on the surface? Well, yes, because what you have to realize, those trees are grown in containers. Their roots are on the surface down to a depth on a 24-inch box of about you know 2 feet or 18 inches. So if you're putting the water okay. down below the tree, you're not watering the tree. So the water should be okay. put right up against the trunk of the tree Okay, and not out away from the okay. tree, right up against, right up on top of the root ball, and especially okay. for when you when you first start the water on it. Okay, and then um, I am not sure which tangelo to get. Many, 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 is the only one you're going to find. That's the only one. Okay, mm-hmm. and then um, I saw when I was looking at. A, Tango mandarin, I believe is what it's called. Yeah, tango mandarin's a good um, seedless tangerine, easy to peel, ripens a little later than it is the tangerine. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. And then the final question is um, this is the first year that I had good crop. I had eight oranges mm-hmm. on my tree, and I ate the first one in Christmas. I don't know if you remember me calling. And every week or so, I ate another one. None of them were very strong in orange flavor. They were all juicy and full in size, mm-hmm. um, you know, like plump in, in the inside of it. And that's definitely not a carrot carrot because it was a regular color orange, if not more on the pale So, Grace, what, what you and were doing, you were, you were keeping them too wet. And that's why the sugar ah. content was down on your fruit. Okay. So like okay. to give you an example, in our groves, we watered in, in December and we didn't water okay. again and haven't watered some of those trees again yet because we've had so much rain. Okay. So it's, it's, then when you okay. keep them too wet, then your sugar content's going to go. Up. I've got to take a break, but thanks for the call. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back after the break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have a couple lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Okay, this is 
got to be Sharon's song now. This wasn't part of the list. <laughs> nice song, Sharon. Welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. And uh, want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfield's. You know, Whitfield's, uh, uh, we don't make moonshine anymore, but we do grow a lot of trees. And uh, if you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us from 15 gallons to 72-inch box, from palm trees for Palm Sunday to citrus trees to all kinds of desert trees. And we have beautiful... Um, Oh, just just for an example, we have Swan Hill olives, which don't have any fruit. We have great pistachios. We have a fantastic mesquite tree called an American mesquite, which is sturdy and doesn't break in the wind. But whatever your dreams are, come out and see us. Beautiful roses hitting the stores this week for Easter. And uh, whatever your dream might be for that perfect garden, whether it be the tropics, the desert, or something in between, we grow it at Whitfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26. 6470 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfill Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Well, let's see, we'll get back to the phones. Uh, we've got uh, Ted and Sun Lakes. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. I uh, got a five year old Arizona sweet. Uh, this is a third year of production. Uh, had a lot of oranges. Uh, but about a third of them were very small and, and not really worth uh, squeezing. Am I doing something wrong? Well, that- sweets can be pretty small. It depends on the variety you got, you know, and that's kind of the tricky parts of sweets. Whenever I was young with my grandfather, we used to grow 18 different varieties of Arizona sweets. And, uh, you know, some of them, like a pineapple sweet orange, are really quite small. But if you want to get a bigger crop, um, you know, you pretty much just want to keep the tree as healthy as you can. You might go on a young tree like that to do a monthly fertilization instead of doing it three times a year. And uh, especially in important for the size is getting a good you know amount of fertilizer on it in August, September, and October. That's when your fruit's going to really size up. August and September. Okay. Well, yeah, you can do August, September, and October, but those that that's the time of year when the fruit's going to really expand in size. And uh, what's also important to prevent sw- splitting on sweets and Valencias is to make sure that your water is very consistent in uh, June and July, because sometimes the Fruit will get real when it gets real hot, like 118. The fruit stops growing for a while, and then as it gets nicer weather when the monsoon comes, the fruit will split. So, make sure that your water is real consistent in the summertime. Great, Brian. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate your help. Bye bye. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Teresa in Glendale. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. Hi. Hey. Um- I decided to have a raised bed garden this year because I want tomatoes and some other vegetables, and I have gophers everywhere, so I can't have anything on the ground. And I bought a bunch of seeds, and I'm, you know, getting the tomatoes up there a couple inches, but then I bought a couple of tomato plants that were already taller, and I found out I have these little black bugs with iridescent wings, and then I went to the nursery where I bought them, and I looked through their tomatoes, and they have them too, and I asked her what it was, and she said it's aphids. Uh How do you get rid of them? Um, Father Nature's going to kill them next Sunday. Right after Easter. Okay. What happens is, yeah, when it gets over 90 degrees, aphids won't live here. Okay. There's also a lot of nice little guys like ladybugs and different things that come and feed on aphids as well. So I wouldn't. I got ladybugs, but they won't stay. (laughs) So what you could do with them for right now is just spray them with like some safer soap if you want to be organic. Okay. And, uh, 
And basically, that just kind of suffocates them. It'll, it'll thin the population way down. But as soon and they're going to go crazy this week first because the weather's going to be pro aphid weather. But once it gets over uh, ninety, they'll die. Awesome. Awesome, because I was like, I want tomatoes. Finally, well, you'll get tomatoes, and, and, and you know, and, but you go ahead and spray and pick up some safer soap and spray them with some safer soap, and then uh, just hold out for that warm weather. And when the warm weather gets here and it's over ninety, the aphids will go away. Perfect. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, I appreciate Chris. it. Bye bye. Bye. Oh, uh, let's see. Next up, we have Lucy in Phoenix. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning. How do I get rid of clumps of fescue in my Bermuda? Oh, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be summertime. We'll get rid of it on its own. You could spot spray it if you wanted to, and you could spot spray it with just like even a little bit of Roundup. It's going to kill that immediate bit of Bermuda grass, but the Bermuda grass will spread and fill back in. Hold on. I'll give you some more information off the air because we're out of time, folks, and we'll be back next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Hope you enjoyed the program, and remember to be kind and love each other, and we all work together, and we have Ramadan. We've got, uh, you know, Passover this week. We've We've got Easter coming up. It's kind of everybody's party right now. So I hope you all enjoy it with your families. And we'll be back with you next Sunday. And you can come see our family at Whitfield Nursery anytime you like. We're open Monday through Saturday, 8 to 530, Sundays 10 to 4. And our family includes those of blood relatives and those who we've grown up and worked together with now for the last a long time. <laughs> we'll be back next Sunday. Have a nice weekend.